Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hey there, guys. Uh, Welcome to another week episode of Geek Thyself. Uh, as you might be aware, last week, well, didn't really go to plan. Basically, I said two weeks ago, hey, things seem to be going in the right direction for both Heather and I to be on an episode. And, of course, Murphy's Law uh, means that if you say something, uh like, i.e., how could this possibly go wrong, it'll always find a way to go wrong. So, last week we had some tech issues where we both just couldn't get on to record. So, that was a shame. And this week, uh, Heather is again busy with her key worker job and all that kind of thing. I don't really, I don't know if they call it a key worker. Uh, I think it's essential worker in in the US, but that's not the point. Regardless, it means that again I'm by myself, uh, and we are down a heather. So first off, I'd like to apologise for not having an episode last week. It wasn't intentional. Uh, it just things were conspiring against us. Uh, as for this week, it could be potentially a shorter one, just because time constraints and all that kind of thing. But we decided uh, we were going to do an episode on something that's perhaps a little similar to what's going on right now, uh, but make it a bit smaller and not focus too much on the bad stuff. Uh, because, you know... Uh, but you obviously would read the title of this episode. It is the the Black Death. Um, uh, <coughs> yeah, it's a it's a super fun topic. Uh, basically, yeah, during the fourteenth century, uh, for about just under ten or so years, there was a very significant. Uh, disease that had travelled around mostly Europe Uh, and it was the deadliest pandemic recorded in human history Uh, the Black Death resulted uh, in the deaths of up to between 25 and 200 million people Uh, and back in that kind of time uh, that's more than you'd think Uh, and it affected most of the people in Eurasia, which is Europe and Asia, uh, that kind of area. Uh, and then North Africa, uh, peaking in Europe uh, from between uh, 1347 and 1351. Uh, so yeah, the Black Death was the beginning of the second plague pandemic, apparently. The plague created a religious, social and economic upheavals with profound effects on the course of European history. Uh, It most likely originated in Central or East Asia uh, uh, from where it travelled along the Silk Road, reaching uh, Crimea in 1347 
Uh, from there, it was most likely carried by fleas living on the uh, on the black rats that travelled on uh, Gino's merchant, uh, merchant ships, spreading through the Mediterranean basin and reaching Africa, Western Asia, and the rest of Europe via Constantinople <laughs> uh, in Sicily and the Italian Peninsula. Uh, Current evidence uh, indicates that once uh, it came on shore, the Black Death was in large part spread by human feces, uh, human feces, yeah. human fleas, sorry, which caused uh, a, a pneumonic plague, uh, the person, um, the person to person contact via aerosols with uh, pneumonic plague enables this explained uh, the very fast inlaid spread of the uh, of the epidemic which was faster than would be expected if the primary factor of the uh, was rat fleas caused uh, causing the bubonic plague which is also uh, what it's mainly known of uh, well no, the disease is called the bubonic plague and it was called the black death because of how many people it killed which is uh, yeah. <laughs> not fun i always get to say it's, it's fun but it's not fun it's interesting but it's not fun uh the black death again like was the second disaster effective europe uh during the middle late ages uh the first being the great famine uh between uh 1315 and 1317 so roughly 30 years before uh, uh and and it uh, and is estimated to have killed uh, between 30 60 percent of Europe's population in total uh, the plague may have reduced the world population from an estimated 475 million at the time uh, to uh, 350 million uh, to 375 million uh, in the 14th century which is <coughs> which is actually you know quite a fair bit when you actually think about it considering we're up to 7 billion people could that I don't know how you'd do the math on that but that seems like it would be a considerable jump from one to the other uh, so yeah definitely one of the biggest outbreaks uh, during the 14th century and uh, there were further outbreaks throughout the middle eight, uh, eight, the late middle ages uh, with uh, other com uh, mm, my mouth is so dry. Uh, other contributing factors. Uh, it took until fifteen hundred for the European population to regain the levels of thirteen hundred. So yeah, it took about two uh, two centuries for it to, to get back up to where it should have been. Outbreaks of the plague recurred at various locations around the world until the early uh, early nineteenth century. I did not know about that. Anyway, so that's a basic sum up of the plague, and then we're going to go into a little bit more detail. Uh, this episode could potentially be a little shorter than normal, just because, uh, just just because. Uh, <laughs> while it's an interesting topic, there's not too much to cover in in some of it, but let's get into it. Okay, so first things first, I guess, is uh, as already said, there are a few different names for the the Black Death or the bubonic plague. Uh, people tended to call, uh, could have called it pestilence, great uh, pestilence, the plague, the Great Death. 
the phrase the uh, Black Death describing death as Mike like, is very old, and it comes from Homer. Used it in the Odyssey to describe the monstrous Silica, uh, Silia, 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 maybe. With her nice follow up Black Death, uh, so. <clears throat> but yeah, plenty of different names. Uh, the 1347 plan, uh, pandemic plague was not referred to specifically as black in the 14th or 15th centuries in any European language, though the expression black death had occasionally been applied to fatal diseases beforehand, so it wasn't the only thing to be called that. Um, uh, there's uh, a small section on causes, which we've already sort of said uh, it was uh, most likely sent along the Silk Road, which is how it spread. Uh, at the 13th century, uh, Mongol conquest of China caused a decline in farming and trading. Uh, economic recovery had been observed at the beginning of the 14th century, uh, in the 1330s, so just before. Uh, many natural disasters and epidemics led to widespread famine starting in 1331, with the deadly plague uh, pandemic arriving soon after. Other conditions such as war, famine and weather contributed to the severity of the Black Death. Uh, the most authoritative contemporary account is found in a report from the medical uh, faculty in Paris to Philip VI of France. It blames the heavens in the form of conjunction with uh, of three planets uh, in 1345 that caused a great pestilence in the air. So, uh, and then there's also Muslim where religious scholars uh, taught that the pandemic was uh, a martyrdom and mercy from God, assuring uh, the believers place in paradise. For non-believers, it was a punishment. Some Muslim doctors cautioned against trying to prevent or treat a disease sent by God. Others ad uh, adopted preventative, uh, preventive measures and treatments for plague use by Europeans. Those Muslim doctors also depended on the writings of the ancient Greeks. So, uh, there were definitely multiple accounts of it being sent by a higher power to act as punishment. Uh, whether that was or not, I'm not sure, but yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, on top of that, there's also a uh, modern theory that uh, due to climate change in Asia, rodents began to flee uh, the dried out grasslands to more populated areas, spreading the disease, the plague disease caused by the bacteria uh, Yersinia pestis, I think, is enzotic, uh, commonly present in populations of fleas carried by ground rodents, uh, including uh, marmots in various areas, including Central Asia, uh, Kurdistan, Western Asia, North India, Uganda, and the Western United States. <coughs> so, yeah, uh, and then the transmission. Uh, the importance of hygiene was uh, recognised only in the 19th century with the development of germ theory of disease. Until then, sh uh, streets were commonly filthy with live animals uh, of all sorts around and human parasites abounding, uh, facilitating the spread of trans uh, transmissible uh, disease. So, yeah, uh, the streets were beyond filthy and people didn't really see why that would be a problem apart from it stinking a bit and that definitely didn't help the climate to spread especially in the UK uh, in London specifically the streets were very compact 
and people used to just throw their fecal matter out of the window and hope you didn't get hit by it. Um, yeah. Uh, one early medical event uh, as a result of the Black Death was the establishment of the idea of quarantine in the city-state of Ragusa, uh, modern uh, Dubrovnik in Croatia in 1377 after continuing outbreaks. Uh, so yeah, and it was also slightly more rampant in areas of po poverty. Uh, yeah. Plague was either spread by lace, uh, unsanitary drinking water, armies, uh, or by poor sanitation, which was incredibly, incredibly common uh, in the 14th century. Okay, so the European outbreak, this is the bit that I'm more familiar with. Uh, actually, I think, yeah, we will do a very quick um, uh, break, and then we'll go into the European outbreak and all that good stuff. Uh, good. It's just, you know what I mean. Okay, I'll see you in a sec, guys. Okay, hi guys, and welcome to the mid-roll, uh, uh, the break, uh, the thing, is what I like to call it. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about in the thing is uh, World Anvil. World Anvil supports the, the network uh, very generously. They have a great... Uh, the, they have a great robust campaign management software uh, which has been tested by our, our director uh, or one of our directors Logan when they were looking for campaign management tools uh, they tried a bunch of different ones and they settled on World Ample being one of the best ones that they've ever tried they do oodles of updates they have a great robust system which is free uh, to, to use for a lot of their services and you can get even more options and even more uh, ways to build, build your world or your novel or whatever with their paid uh, options you can connect people to other people and places and their relationships and it can dynamically change you can also build maps of your areas in there as well it's a super great uh, resource if you're looking to world build in whatever way that is uh, so yeah uh, we recommend that you check them out at wardamble.com uh, the second people we're going to talk about is Die Hard Dice. Die Hard Dice uh, create wonderful metal dice, as, uh, mostly. What they tend to focus on, they also do have a polymer range, if they have. They do all their colour testing in-house for their dice. They also produce their own moulds for their metal dice, making them extremely readable, uh, which is great because some metal dice have that issue where you can't really read them as well. Uh, they have great colour options which you can search throughout all the website and you can also search by class and all that kind of thing. They have great accessories as well, their scroll of rolling which can store two full sets of dice in the compartment and then rolls out to be a, a rolling mat, uh, uh, like a dice rolling mat. Uh, and it's great for compactability and for travel, uh, now that things are starting to open up a little bit so that could be really useful in the future. Uh, if you do find anything you like on the website, you can go to, you can use the code Geek Thyself to get 15% off your first or your next order. So yeah, if you would like to roll with the best, all you need to do is go to DieHardDice.com. 
Alright, so a bit of a fast break, but that's fine because, like I said, this episode could be a little shorter. Uh, yeah, so we'll get back into it and we'll cover the bit that I'm more familiar with, with the, the European uh, European element of the Black Death. Okay, uh, see you in a sec, guys. Hey there, guys. Welcome back. So, as we already said, the, the outbreak was most likely caused by um, it being sent along the, the Silk Road uh, and uh, moving its way into Europe like that. Uh, one of the first places it uh, got to in Europe was Italy. Uh, uh, so yeah, um, it was carried by 12 uh, Geonosis galleys. The plague uh, arrived uh, by ship in Sicily in October. Uh, Sicily, yeah, uh, so yeah, Sicily is the largest area of Italy, and it arrived there in 1347. The disease spread rapidly all over the island. Galleys uh, from Caffa reached uh, Gion uh, Giona and Venice uh, in um, 1348. Uh, but it was the outbreak in Pisa a few weeks later that was the entry point to northern Italy. Towards the end of January, one of the galleys expelled from Italy arrived in Marseilles. Uh, from Italy, it spread upward across Europe, uh, striking France, uh, Spain, which was hit, uh, which uh, was hit due to the heat. Uh, the epidemic raged in the early weeks of July, uh, and it got to Portugal and England in January thirteen forty-eight. Oh no, my brain has skipped. Ah, <laughs> yeah, it arrived in England in June thirteen forty-eight, and then spread. Uh, east and north uh, through Germany, Scotland, Scandinavia, uh, and it went through from 1348 to 1350. It was introduced into Norway in 1349 when a ship landed in Askoy uh, and then spread uh, uh, to Bajorvin uh, and modern Bergen and Iceland. Finally, it uh, spread to northwest Russia in 1351. Uh, the plague was somewhat more uncommon in parts of Europe with less developed trade uh, with their neighbours, including the majority of the Basque uh, count, uh, country, uh, isolated parts of Belgium and the Netherlands, and isolated Alpine villages throughout the continent. According to some epidemicolo uh, epidemiologists, periods of unfavourable weather decimated plague infection rodent populations and forced their fleas uh, onto alternate hosts, Inducing plague outbreak, which often peaked in the hot summers of the Mediterranean, as well as during the cool autumn months of the the southern uh, Baltic states. So yeah, so yeah, basically uh, arrived in Italy and then moved up <coughs> through Paris and England and all of those and um, basically all of Europe. Uh, okay, so the. I guess we could do some of the signs and the symptoms of the bubonic plague. <clears throat> symptoms of the disease included a fever, headaches, painful, painful aching joints, nausea and vomiting, and a general feeling of uh, malaise. Uh, so yeah, just general sort of unease, comfort, uh, discomfort, pain, and that kind of thing. Uh, left untreated, uh, <clears throat> of those uh, that contracted the bubonic plague, 80% died within eight days. Uh, contemporary accounts of the pandemic are varied and often imprecise. This commonly noted symptom <clears throat> was the appearance of buboes uh, in the groin, neck and armpits which ooze, pus and bled when opened. Uh, so yeah. <clears throat> uh, which is why it was called the bubonic plague because of those buboes, um, which, yeah. 
they just affected pretty much the whole body. Uh, as we've already sort of discussed in, in the sort of death of things, there's no exact number because records weren't exactly super tip-top uh, back in those days. Um, it killed between 75 to 200 million people in Eurasia, and the mortality rate of uh, the Black Death in the 14th century was far greater than the worst 20th century than the the worst 20th century outbreaks of white pestis plague which occurred in India and killed as much as 3% of the population of certain cities. <clears throat> According to uh, medieval historian Philip Dalida, <clears throat> it's likely that over four years uh, 45 to 50% of the European population died of plague. Norwegian uh, history or <clears throat> uh, Norwegian historian or uh, Benedicto uh, suggests it, it could have been more uh, of like it, 60%. Uh, in, in 1348, the disease spread so rapidly that before any physi physicians or government authorities had time to uh, reflect upon its origins, about a third of the European population had already perished. In crowded cities, it was not uncommon for as much as 50% of the population to die. Half of Paris's population of 100,000 people died. Uh, in Italy, uh, the population of Florence was reduced from 110 to 120,000 people uh, in, uh, to about 50,000. So it did cut a very deep, 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 deep swath uh, through uh, Europe specifically and it's difficult to gauge an exact number, but it was a very large uh, chunk of the population of Europe, uh, which we've already said took about 200 years or two centuries-ish to recover back to where it used to be. <clears throat> uh, some other effects and consequences of it uh, in, the, in the economic sector. Uh, Oh, well, yeah, with such a large population uh, decline from the pandemic, wages soared in response to a labour shortage. Uh, on the other hand, uh, in the quarter century after the Black Death in England, it is clear many labourers, artisans and craftsmen, those living from money wise wages alone, did suffer a reduction in real incomes owing to rampant inflation. Uh, landowners were also pushed to substitute monetary rents for labour services in an effort to keep tenants. Uh, some social uh, repercussions. One theory that has been advanced is that this uh, is that the devastation in Florence caused the uh, caused by the Black Death, which hit Europe um, uh, between uh, forty eight and thirteen fifty, uh, resulted in a shift in the worldview of people in the fourteenth century Italy and led to the Renaissance. Uh, Italy was particularly badly hit by the pandemic, and it has also been speculated that the resulting familiarity with death caused tinkerers to dwell more on their lives on Earth rather than spirituality and the afterlife. It's also been argued that the Black Death prompted a new wave of piety manifested in the sponsorship of religious uh, works of art. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. Okay, so just as a, a sort of quick wrap up, uh, just as a point, there are other plagues that came after this which have been tentatively uh, connected to the Black Death. Uh, the second one, uh, the plague repeatedly returned to haunt Europe and the Mediterranean throughout the 14th to the 17th centuries. 
the plane was present somewhere in Europe every year between 1346 and 1671. Uh, the second pandemic was particularly widespread in the following years between 1366 1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1366-1
either way uh, i hope you found this at least interesting if not enjoyable hopefully uh, i'm not going to say uh, it's definitely going to happen or not because that always seems to cause problems hopefully uh, heather and i will be back next week with another topic uh, together this time that'll be fun uh, if not, we will sort it out soon. Uh, until then, guys, I hope you all have a fantastic week, and I will talk to you all soon. Have a wonderful time. Bye! Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geek thyself at nerdsmith.org and please don't forget to go to itunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts we'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode and until then don't forget to geek thyself geek thyself